It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcast. Plus, it's also as well inside sports fantasy football, where we cover the world of fantasy football like no one else right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. So check it out each and every week, wherever you get your podcast. Joe Soro, he has a great time. That's Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check him out today right there. And the company that he owns, Simblades. If you need some new lawn exterior for your Southern California home, there's no better place to go than Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. Our good friends, Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger, who probably is happy right now, thank goodness, and probably breathing a sigh of relief. Also as well, of course, our good friend, Jamie Sweet, Mr. Five Things. You can catch those guys at Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out the gang as they go ahead back and forth on what the Lakers need to do next and the Lakers every which way they can at Lakerholics.com. Plus our good friends, speaking of Lakers, Lakers in five, Empire Jeff TV. I know Empire Jeff TV was on earlier tonight for his stream. Glad he got a chance to go uh, over 500 subscribers. Congratulations to him. Hopefully you guys can help him out. Speaking of subscribers, Go ahead and not only subscribe to our good friends, John McKaylin, Empire Chef TV, and Lakers in 5, but also Daniel Berry Sports Highlights. Give him a big shout-out. He's always here. Always support him if you can. But also as well, click on the little Joe with the beady eyes, because if you do, you are now subscribed, and you'll get the latest notifications of when we go live on the air. Plus, for you Facebook followers, please click on the like button and also the follow button so you get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers fast break. One more note, don't forget, each and every game you can join us on playback. We're trying to get our playback crew as large as those other guys. We can do it, and it's with your help, and you'll have a lot of fun too because you'll get to check out Joe Uncut, Sean Uncut, Stone Hansen stopped by. He returned to us tonight for playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. So what are you doing you're missing out on watching the game with us at playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. 
And what a game it was coming down to the final seconds. The Lakers in the back-to-back, not looking very good at any point in time of the game. Just could not seem to find that, mm, that just that, that mix. But then again, a lot of that had to do with a fresh Orlando Magic playing well on the defensive end. Really, uh, it just really interesting to see how well Jalen Suggs defends on the perimeter and the kind of fire intensity that he has because he was messing things up for the Laker guards, especially Austin Reeves. Orlando was picking on Austin Reeves like it was no tomorrow, and it was just kind of sad to see for a while, and he was struggling again. But D'Angelo Russell, he gets a lot of credit for showing up today. 10 of 14, 28 points, plus 7. Three of six from behind the arc. LeBron James, back-to-back. We weren't sure. Game-time decision. He did play 33 minutes, but looked a little fatigued out there at times. Did struggle out there, but gave us a... When he was in there, he was a plus for us. Plus five overall, 19 points. Anthony Davis, another good performance. 26 points, 19 rebounds, three block shots. But it was the closing lineup, which included Christian Wood, not Austin Reeves. That got us the kind of defensive stops that we needed. And we came back in the fourth quarter from behind, sneaking a win after Jalen Suggs missed the last second three, 106 to 103. And here today with us as a special guest returning to us earlier, he was here, part of our pregame. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing at Orlando Magic Daily, part of the fan side experience. It is Alfred Esmond. Alfred, I'm going to start off with you first. Uh, Intel Wild in the super chat. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Appreciate it. He says we won, but why do I feel a certain type of way? Hey, Intel, I feel a certain type of way too. It was not exactly the prettiest win in the world, but Alfred, I think a lot of the credit has to go to Orlando for playing really spirited on the defensive end and almost getting the upset this evening. Yeah, I mean... Of course, I would have liked the win tonight, I'll say, definitely. Uh, that one hurt us. There were points in the game where I definitely thought we were going to win or we were going to win or had a really good chance to win. But I do – I agree with you, Gerald. You know, a lot of the credit goes to that defense. Once again, you know, not too high scoring of a game on either side. Jalen Suggs, you mentioned, played very impressive. I was impressed with him all night. He's so physical, so tenacious. Uh, that jump ball he got to get another possession in before the clock expired was huge. Uh, impressed with him all night. Impressed a lot, too, with Franz Wagner on defense. He had, I, I think, like a handful of steals, three maybe. So all, all around, though, it was great team defense. Um, Got to give D'Angelo Russell credit, too. He was starting to hit shots against our team, and that really pushed them over the edge. LeBron had some big shots down the stretch. But, you know, great, de- great defensive game. And, you know, it was a good game and something to look forward to as we go play the Clippers tomorrow night. It's so funny because Gary Harris, to me, has always been one of the most frustrating uh, players for me to watch uh, in in the past 10 years because you guys need a shooter from the outside at the shooting guard position. He's a good shooter from the outside at the shooting guard position, as we saw tonight. But yet, for some reason, he just never sticks it enough to go ahead and stick in that starting lineup. Tell me a little bit more about Gary Harris. I mean, five or five, I think, from three. Uh, you know, just definitely, you know, you get what you get from him. Excellent shooting from the outside, but he just doesn't do enough for you guys to go ahead and get that starting position. It's always like, oh, yeah, we'll go ahead and, and just rediscover him from time to time. And, and there you go. 
Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. You know, it's been a while since I've seen – actually, I probably have never seen Gary Harris have a second quarter like he did tonight. I mean, it was every shot you put up was falling for him from three. It was, you know, it, it, it really kept the magic in the game because that first half we did not see a lot of Paulo, and we really didn't see a lot of Franz yet until later in the game. So yeah. it was really – and honestly, Jalen Suggs wasn't too bad either offensively. He played well. Uh, but again, Gary, you and I have preached this, Gerald, is just buried in that guard room we have, like at the bottom of the pile, so to speak. And they just find him. They just rediscover him from time right. to time. Hey, yeah, we have this guy, Gary Harris, on our team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's throw him in there. Give him some minutes. See what he can do. And tonight he kept us in the game going into halftime. So I uh, just, to me, overall, again, I'm impressed with the what's going forward for the Orlando Magic. I want to give you your team definitely a, a credit on that, but... I will say the future is looking bright for them, but playing on a back-to-back with the Clippers, that doesn't bode well for you guys. Uh, I know that uh, you guys wanted to steal this game, but definitely good for the Lakers that we won. Uh, also here today, a good man indeed, a first man up, for also the first Lakers panelist here. It is the guy behind Siblades, Siblades with a Y.com. It is Joe Soro. I think Joe, no, actually Magic Man came first. I'm sorry, the Madman from Toronto. He was a great part of our playback, starting with the Milwaukee game. It is the guy who got out of Toronto traffic first to get here and watch the game with me. It is Magic Man Sean Grice. Sean, looking relaxed as ever. Great to have you here, my friend. I don't think you took enough Tylenol during the course of the game on, on playback, especially with Joe shouting in your ear. But let me ask you this. Uh, you know, I feel like Intel Wild. Yes, we got the win. I don't feel great about it for a, a great many reasons. Yeah, Gerald, it's like that uh it's like that hot date you're going on. <laughs> Search and destroy so funny. I'm sorry, so, Gassy Joe, Simblades, Simblades with the <laughs> You only know why because of playback. But go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh yeah, well I was gonna make another analogy, but uh I'll forego <laughs> that one because <laughs> this is a family show. Uh yeah, um I don't know, man. You can't really feel a certain way about the wins at this point. You got to try and stack them yeah. as many as you can at the beginning of the season. I mean, Intel, if we go 0 and 10 over the next 10, we're still 2 and 12. It's yeah, not good. Worse than last year. You can't be any worse. It's like tearing your tricep or tearing your bicep um, in a martial arts tournament or a, a game. It's you can't make it any worse. The doc said, "Well, it can't be any better. It can't get any worse." So, uh, Gerald, uh, combination of things tonight: uh, season high in assists, twenty-eight. Yes, um, that was good. Uh, every it seemed that uh, timely shots were made. Um, the Lakers are still struggling from three, even though uh, we finally saw a couple different guys make corner threes tonight. I was and D'Angelo nice, shot well too. And D'Angelo shot well as well. So let's accentuate the positives here. Uh AD also had a had a great game. Um I will I will say I thought uh Alfred brought up a great point. Um I think Franz Wagner at this point is Orlando's most complete player. He just missed a few bunnies tonight, but uh those are shots he ordinarily can make. And um I I, I just feel, you know. If I was if I was Orlando, I would feel a lot more worse about the loss than the Lakers feel about the win. I mean, 
it, 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 Gerald, to be perfectly frank, even though the Lakers uh, had a better shooting percentage, um, the Magic fought tonight with their defense. I mean, their defense won them the game against Portland. And, um, you know, it, it's it's a feisty team. They look like they're, they're just – they are really close to being a playing team for me. Also here today, good man indeed. It is, of course, Joe Soro from – also, Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com, and also Oxide T47 at LakersBall.com. The Lakers did win 106 to 103. Joe, uh, one of the things we pointed out several times on playback, playback.tv slash Lakers fast break, was the fact that uh, Austin Reeves was being targeted each and every possession. It wasn't just one, it wasn't just two. It wasn't just now and then. It was each and every possession he was out there. He was targeted on the defensive end. It was very obvious he was just a target and a game plan for them. And it ultimately came to the point in the fourth quarter where they had to bench him and ultimately go with a lineup of Torian Prince, Christian Wood, LeBron, AD, and D'Lo. Your thoughts on this. You had some very pointed comments and correct comments along with Stone Hansen and Magic Man and Laker Nick on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. Your thoughts, my friend, on Austin Reeves. This uh, is getting to be quite a concern because if he's not giving you what you need on the offensive end, he's really not giving what you need on the defensive end. That's for sure. In the NBA and in most sports, you'll, you'll, I think that's why we, we discussed during the summer about the term great players and all-star players and all NBA players. We, we get enamored by weekly performances, monthly performances, maybe even a, a year performance. We heard a lot about how Reeves was going to possibly be the third best player on this team and all this stuff. And if you've watched basketball and sports, as long as some of us have, you'll you want to stay in the positive, but the reality is different. We just don't usually say anything. <clears throat> the teams start the game plan and your job is to deflect the game plan. What made, let's say Tom, Tom Brady great is he was always adjusting, always adjusting from whatever game plan someone came through his way. Uh, Austin Reeves right now has a Mack truck just beating down on him and it's affecting his confidence. It's affecting his, his, his mental state. It's affecting his shot. Uh, being in a Laker uniform, it's even worse. He just got paid more money, a good, good amount of money. And that pressure, the pressure of that is becoming a problem. Ham not really being, uh, above a C coach isn't helping either and putting him in good spots so that he can maybe bring a little bit of confidence his way. So everything's just falling down on Austin at this point. But like anything else in life, when someone isn't pulling their way, you have to be able to adjust and find someone else to do it. At this moment, which I think in the long run might be a better solution anyways or a better uh, set up anyways would be Christian Wood uh, is showing that he can play effectively with AD, which down the road, when we start playing size, that matters, Denver, uh, Phoenix, 
Milwaukee. This is going to come in very, very handy. The only issue with Darvin Ham's offense is it doesn't exist. It's basically a two-man game with three people watching. I mean, you might as well put the other three in the stands watching the game. Really. I mean, I don't really see any point in, 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 in running an offense where three guys are just standing around uh, slapping their hands. If you, if, if, if you, you know, I had to throw in a pun there. Sorry, guys. It just was, it was too open. And we, the Lakers won tonight because of their talent, because AD is all world. LeBron is who he is. He didn't have a good shooting night, but he had timely baskets, which we've spoken about this several times. Timely baskets. Delos timely baskets in the fourth is what made the difference. If he doesn't make those shots, the Lakers lose this game tonight. So timely shots. They shot 53% from the floor tonight. 53%. So as good as Orlando's defense was, the talent on the Lakers, AD, D'Lo, LeBron, all, all stars, right, came through. And a couple of the role player guys obviously also came through. Uh, they shot just under 30% from three. They could have done themselves a favor if they had shot a little bit better there. But the problem right now is the Lakers don't really have an offense that, 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 that shows of any coherent mindset. And their defense is just not in any way cohesive. But this is a new team. Uh, I'm going to give them probably about a month to see if they can fix this problem. If they don't fix it in a month, if this Austin Reeves thing doesn't get fixed, it's uh, I, I don't I don't know what to tell you guys. I think there's going to have to be some things that that need to be figured out at that point. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cold. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do sneak out a win at home against Orlando, 106-103. to 
Alfred, I want to bring you back into the conversation. Truly appreciate you. I know you're on the East Coast, just like Magic Man, so I truly appreciate you and everyone else out there around the world listening to us and watching us right now that are on different time zones. More power to you. Plus also everybody else in the West Coast. Truly appreciate you sticking with us here at the Lakers Fast Break. Alfred, I want to go ahead and ask you this, though. When it comes to Orlando, because I want to give your, your team respect that it's due, you know, you can see the signs I know that they're not quite there. We discussed it in the pregame, but you can see the signs that they're going to challenge a lot of teams because they have length, they have size, and they have defensive ability. If they can find some shooting consistency not named Gary Harris, watch out because the future could be strong for Orlando. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, the the way... Slugs had a jump shot. This would not be a question right now. You, call, you called it, man. I mean, in the pregame, you called it. I, I think. Well, this goes back when I was doing drafts, and and I, I really, I called him out as the big pick of the draft. I thought he was going to be a top three choice, uh, and I really thought he was going to be a winner uh, and have a winning career. I still think that, but it all depends. He's going to be that gritty guy that's going to get you the good steals and defense, or can he find a jump shot to play more consistently and a bigger role for a team? Right. No, I agree. And I think, you know, they're, they did enough on defense and it, it was used. All of you guys have hit on the head, just like the Portland game to keep them in this uh, up until the very end. Again, as Joe said, the timely baskets by the Lakers really kind of just pushed them over the edge. And unfortunately the magic couldn't really hit a shot within the last three minutes to save their lives. And it was tough because I think there was a stretch where three minutes, the last two and a half minutes of that game, they were down a point. It was 104-103 forever, it seemed like, and they just couldn't do enough to kind of get it, get themselves over the hump. And I think, you know, that comes down to, there were a lot of guys who really kind of shot not so well that we would have expected. You know, Paulo and Franz had nine field goals between them. Uh, Paulo went four for 14, Franz went five for 17. Not, It's not what you want to see out of, you know, the places where your offense normally comes from. So, you know, you had to get your role players you don't normally see step up on offense like Jalen Suggs for a little up until that last shot and, of course, Gary Harris to compensate for it. And that, you know, that's where that loss comes in because it's, you know, it's not – they're not really in your winning formula straight up when you look at it on the offensive end. But, again, I got to give the team credit. It was good team defense, and I think that team defense is going to help them against these top teams in the league like a Denver, like a Boston, where – Maybe they don't necessarily win it, but, you know, they make it a game for the grand majority of it. You could tell that there's something starting to brew. So that's what I take from this. I don't think, you know, again, tomorrow against the Clippers, I don't think it'll happen just because it's the second half of a back-to-back, and we definitely worked our butts off, you know, this game to kind of get that win. But I, I think, you know, I, I think it's it's good for down the road. It's a good game to look at, and I think it's still going to be a pretty good year for this team. One thing I do want to ask you before I send it back over to Magic Man is where do you see the Lakers now? From I remember one of the things we like to do on our team previews, we always ask our guests, hey, where do you see where the Lakers stand going forward? You've seen the Lakers two and two. Uh, you've seen us not play our best basketball at all this season. So when it comes down to it, my friend, where do you see the Lakers right now? Is Again, it's just only four games in, but still. A long ways to go and a lot of things to do if you're a Lakers fan. 
Yeah, I think, you know, you guys kind of mentioned it's like a, it's like two guys playing offense and then the other three kind of sit back and watch. And I think if you get valuable minutes, again, I, the minutes thing with LeBron is still very up in the air, even after tonight. He had 33 tonight, so we had yes. over 30 again. So it's like I don't, I don't really know how they're going to play that out as it goes on. It seems like right now it gets them by very slightly. But, you know, with – time going on we'll see how that happens but he he scored a lot did not shoot the ball overly well whereas guys like Anthony Davis I thought shot particularly well D'Angelo Russell had a really good shooting night for a, from what he's been having I think if you get those three kind of going within a certain amount of minutes I'd put it 20 range I think you'll see wins out of that team eventually and I think the other stuff the kinks they have uh, guys like Gabe Vincent not really being a factor at all on the team this year uh, they start to kind of come in later on in the season as it progresses, and this team will eventually figure it out. I think they, it just depends on the night. They have something go right, whereas something didn't, and they just need to start putting it together a little bit. Magic Man, uh, do you concur with Alfred? Uh, let me hear your thoughts, my friend, because, again, we have not seen the Lakers have a complete game yet so far this season, yet we find ourselves at 2-2. Two and two. Uh, honestly, Gerald, if you if we had looked, well, we did look at the schedule and, and uh, gauge where we'd be at this point. Two and two, about c- consensus was around two and two, uh, outside three and one. But no, I, I think everybody saw the schedule and figured the first two would be a split, and then I thought the next two would be a split. Although I thought we would beat the Kings last night and lose this game. Uh, given the way Orlando has been playing. But, yeah, I'm, <clears throat> Gerald, I, I mentioned it in the chat. Normally what I do is I'd like to use the number 500 as a yardstick. So 500 possessions, 500 minutes. Usually that's a good gauge, a good indicator about where uh, a lineup or a team is headed. It's obviously not set in stone, but it's a good it's a good uh, point of uh, – on point of legend on a map at this point in time it's incomplete i think it's incomplete for both teams um the lakers aren't healthy and they don't have a fortified defense as they did last year although the past uh excluding the the ot and i would say the the second quarter the defense has been all right the past two games um so I, I think we, we really need to uh, to hedge on any kind of uh, interpretation until Vando gets back. And I would say the same is true for Orlando. Uh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you, Alfred. I said on the uh, playback broadcast that I thought the Raptors really overthought that draft by taking Scotty Barnes over Jalen Suggs. Um, Suggs looks like he's forming into what could be, uh, in the next two or three years, an all NBA defender. Um, all the signs are there. He's strong. He gets it. He understands what they're trying to do defensively. And I think, I think he can uh, be a, a, a big cog for them. I guess my question to you is who do you think is the odd man out in that guard rotation? Uh, do you eventually see the magic sticking with Fultz, or do you think they're just going to probably think maybe Cole Anthony is the right hand to ride off the bench? I, I, I'd be very interested because I think 
there's a big difference in terms of philosophy on which guy you want to keep. But that that's just my opinion. So Cole Anthony got extended three years for $39 million right before yep. the season started. And I told Gerald this in the pregame for this game. Uh, that's right around what Magic fans thought would be six-man money. And, you know, it, it's hard because Cole's an odd kind of six-man. But realistically, it I think – the way it is right now seems to be kind of working. I, I like the Fultz, you know, will not, is not a guy who's going to jump off the stat page all the time. He's just not. But I, when you watch him, I, I thought when you watched him tonight, he made little, you know, plays, little layups at the rim, getting the ball all around the offensive part of the floor, two players. And I thought, I thought he was a very good facilitator, just not on the stat sheet. It was very, his game looked fluid uh, on the stat sheet, he put up – I think he had a decent amount of points. He was 14 with eight assists. I mean, that's that, that's a solid night. I'll take that out of a starting point guard for a team that, on a good night, not like tonight, has two good wing players on the side to get your offensive from. So I, I think they're – again, Markel Fultz is another guy who's up for an extension. We'll see during the year if that happens or not. I think it will. I think he's the next man up. But – I, I kind of like the way it is now. And, you know, guys like Gary Harris, you know, again, I, I hate to b- completely blow him to the wind based of what, off what he did tonight, but it's like he's aging. He's up there in his 30s. You know, again, kind of buried at the bottom of the pile of these this guard room, and especially with Anthony Black and Jet Howard, who we haven't seen a lot of this year, maybe starting to play a little more. I, you, and there's no telling what will happen with him. So to answer your question the brief way, I think it's I think it's fine right now. I think Cole Anthony got six man money and might have been underpaid a little bit, but I, you know, I think all all directions are pointing to this working. It's just about the process, trusting it, and catching everyone on better nights around those guards. Once again, it's the Lakers fans break. The Lakers do win one hundred six to one hundred three. Joe. Uh, Going to bring you in here next, my friend. It's so uh, great to have Darren and Intel providing uh, <laughs> with the super chats. A little bit more uh, comedic in, in nature uh, in regards to Darvin Ham. Uh, there's a lot of heat already on Darvin Ham from the Lakers audience out there, not only on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break, but obviously if you've been watching this show on the YouTube or Facebook feeds right now, a lot of issues with Ham and the Forest coaching. You talked about his lack of an offensive skill set. You know, being able to provide that seems more like you know your turn, my turn. Let's see what we can do between two guys named LeBron and AD, and that's it. Your thoughts, my friend? It is becoming a little bit of a concern for you. I don't think he's going anywhere because he's got that four-year contract, and like Magic Man said, they don't want to pay a plethora of coaches if they have to go ahead and and fire him. I don't think you're going to see it anytime soon, but something needs to go ahead and diversify itself a little bit more when it comes to Darvin Ham's coaching outside of hands in the pocket themes, hands in the pocket songs, hangs in the pockets, memes, stuff like that, where he's not calling timeout. He's not challenging plays. He's not doing the things he needs to do and pointing out things that they need to fix or work on or pointing out flaws in the other team. Like magic man has been calling out in regards to foul trouble. So what are your thoughts on Darvin Ham right now? Because it is becoming a little bit of a concern. There's a lot of questions on this one. Number one, who do you replace him with? Number two, what's he waiting for? Why is he not challenging? That's what SC for Life is saying. I agree. What's he waiting for? And where are the assistants? And where is LeBron 
trying to maybe figure something out there. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I really don't know what what what's going on with that guy. I don't know. Uh, is the pressure on 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 him so much that he's kind of blocking it out? Uh, did our offense get worse from last year? Do I don't remember it being this bad. Uh, maybe it is a residual from the fact that we have players that are not playing very well, and you know, it could be. Uh, but we got to we got to give it a little bit of time here, I guess. But there's really no solution unless you have someone dead set on being able to replace Darvin Ham, and it's someone good. Who? Who's good? Uh, I don't. I don't want to play this. I do this in every, we do this in every sport. Every, every offensive coordinator stinks. Every head coach stinks every week of every game. I, I don't know what to say. I, I don't, I really don't know what, to, what to do at this point. I'm trying to focus on the, on, on if uh, Reeves is going to get out of this funk and is Gabe Vincent the right, was, was he the right pickup? Could we have not figured something out with Schroeder uh, since he, he was already familiar with what we had. So those are some of the things that I've been thinking about. I really, I, I don't know any other way to kind of say it. Uh, December 15th, we'll, we'll be here uh, within the next uh, seven weeks. I guess we'll know probably then because some things will open up at that point. But I just, I, I don't, I don't see trading like, it, you know, trading players has never been in December has never really been no. a big thing in the NBA. So I, I, I'm not even really going to give that much thought. What needs to happen here is, the guys that are not performing need to start figuring out what the problem is. And if, if Darvin Ham wants to show that he's a competent coach, is he going to be able to pull a, a rabbit out of a hat or out of his pocket and all of a sudden decide that he, okay, I'm going to coach an offensive scheme. No. So what exactly is the setup? The setup looks like garbage. It's a two man game where three people are watching. LeBron has to make off-balance shots with his right hand going left off the backboard and it going in. They have to make those kind of shots. AD getting a rebound, turning around, hitting it from no man's land, which is anywhere between 9 to 10 feet. That, that, that shot is a lost art. Very few people can actually make that shot, and he did at an important time. And... If those shots don't go in tonight, the Lakers lose this game. And that's not an offensive set. That is, holy crap, the shot clock's going down. I got to get this up. And it goes in. That's what the great players do. They make those shots, but it's not consistent enough. So it's it's uh, it's very, very concerning. It's very concerning. But the, the thing is, we've already known this about Darvin Ham. He never had an offense. So what 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 are we what are we going to expect here the next seventy eight games? I don't I don't think we're going to see an offense that's coherently run. The only the only way you can make a, a a basic offense make sense is if you hit your shots. Lakers haven't been able to shoot at least from long distance very well tonight. There was a there was you know they shot well in terms of field goal percentage, but. Uh, we're in, I'm, I'm in that dead spot. I don't really know how to how to assess this until I, I guess I see it a little bit longer. And, and we I, I, we got to see who's going to bust out of this slump. I Reeves looks dead, mentally dead, and Gabe Vincent looks like even though he was in the plus area again tonight, 
I don't know if he's comfortable. Uh, this hardly any seven tonight, though. Yeah, I know. I don't know if he's comfortable playing in that position. He he just doesn't feel comfortable. There's not enough space. There's no passing lanes. That's one of the things that I noticed about the Orlando offense. I felt like Orlando had so much spacing, and they were getting open shots from deep. They were getting uh, the paint. They were be able to uh, hit get to the paint and distribute the ball to someone slashing. Like they were moving. They were moving and, and 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 pivoting and getting to spots, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, why? Why is this Orlando team looking more balanced and more effective? And then how the hell are the Lakers in this game? There was a minute there. Where I'm like, how the hell are we only down eight? Well, at the end of the day, guys, it's the talent. You have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That's why. That's why the NBA is star heavy. But if you don't have those guys making those off-balance shots and crazy rebounds and things like that, you're toast. You can't expect that for 82 games out of the year. Right now, the Lakers are playing 500 ball. Not just right now, but if they keep this up, they will finish 41 and 41, somewhere around there. So somebody has to figure something out here, whether it's the players, whether it's chemistry. I don't know. I don't know. I, I... I guess I guess we're gonna have to let this kind of play out a little bit. I know we said this yesterday, but that's that's all we can do at this point. I firing Darvin Ham. The only way you fire Darvin Ham is if you've got the next big thing waiting. Who, who can they bring in? You can't bring a re. You can't bring a retread. That's the, the, we're, you can't do that. You gotta you gotta roll. You gotta roll with what you got right now at this point. Otherwise, uh, you're just gonna kind of put a monkey wrench into the season. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 106 to 103. Alfred, I want to go ahead and bring you back in here. One of the things I did want to ask you is when it comes to the magic, uh, again, back to your team, uh, 40% from the three-point line. You know, that's obviously what we're striving for. It would be nice if the Lakers could go ahead and shoot anywhere near that. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Because today for us Lakers fans, we see – a sparkling 29% from behind the arc and only eight threes. Once again, some anemic issues when it comes to what the Lakers are shooting, just like we started off last season. But the only thing is when it comes to Orlando Magic, I said 40% from behind the arc. Overall, it was only 40%. So that's a problem. Uh, I think that's something that I think the coaching staff on your team needs to address is 40% overall when you're shooting 40% from three, that's not a good sign. That means a lot of missed layups, a lot of poor shot selection inside the arc. Your thoughts on that, my friend? Yeah, you know, uh, and I saw you said poor shot selection, rush shots, even those kind of things. One guy who I saw do that a lot tonight was Paolo. I felt like every time Paolo had the ball and he tried to do something with it, he would He's run. He's not a had good start. He's not had a good start, has no, he? Not just nine points tonight. And, you know, I didn't even think he had that much. I looked at nine points and I went, wow, he has nine points, as in more than what I thought. But, you know, it was like every time he had the ball, he kind of just dribbled and ran right into Anthony Davis, sticking his hand straight up in the air. And yeah, that's a hard shot, however you want to put it. So he did that happened a lot the three-point shooting definitely was boosted i mean five for five for gary harris definitely helped that a lot but again it's as you said uh normally we've been better way better with the inside shot uh we're a little bit above the nba average in inside shooting from in, inside the arc and 
tonight that just wasn't in the cards. And obviously a lot of that comes from the drives that Bancaro and Wagner produced. And as I said, a lot of those drives were just stood up by Anthony Davis. And I got to mention Christian Wood, who had some nice plays inside on the interior with defense. That's That's been, I think, the biggest surprise of the season, Sean. <laughs> not the fact that we're struggling again on offense, uh, not even a Austin Reeves struggling for the start of the season. I think the biggest surprise from many people out there is the defense by Christian Wood. We're going to go and talk about your, your defensive ratings that you had that you posted out there for Gabe Vincent here in a sec, but I want to first talk about on the plus side, Christian Wood is playing well above expectations on that. All I asked for was average. Uh, we're getting that and even a little bit more beyond it. There are some times where he just goes mental brain fade and, you know, that, that we see that. But there are some good moments he's giving us on the defensive end, and I think that's a big plus for us. Uh, absolutely, Gerald. Uh, both both Gabe Vincent and Christian Wood have defensive ratings this year of 111. Just to put that in perspective, okay, got guys out there, Triple J won the Defensive Player of the Year Award, third in defensive rating. His defensive rating was 110.7. So Gabe Vincent is playing stellar defense. No ifs, no ands, no buts. Don't want to hear it in there. Don't want to hear it from a panelist. He is doing his job defensively. Offensively is another story, Gerald. But as far as Christian Wood goes, biggest, biggest happy surprise in the last, uh, I would say, four years of the Lakers, Gerald, outside of winning the championship. He is being a very vigorous weak side. Re- no, he is, Gerald. Don't make that. No, I, I'm just saying, me. I think, I think I'm saying, I hate to say this to everyone out there, you know, all the detractors out there, you and I were the biggest detractors. I was kind of like on the fence and you were. I mean pro above. right now, Gerald. Yeah. I mean, invisible but pro. He is the leader in the clubhouse for the Lakers in plus minus. Yes, yeah. plus 49, almost a plus 50. Yeah, so that's why I'm making games. that face. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It, it's a, it's a, what's, and what stands out about that? Yeah, Christian Wood is leading the Lakers at plus minus. Not LeBron, not AD, not Austin Reeves. It's Christian Wood. The Aaron, much maligned. Laker Tom Christian never Wood. left the, the Wood bandwagon. He was driving it. He is the actual chauffeur for this Christian but, Wood bandwagon. But, 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 Gerald, I think what's been, what's, What's advantageous for Wood is that he's playing beside a big, another big. He wasn't playing with another big in Detroit, and he wasn't playing with another big in Houston. And And, definitely in Dallas, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Dwight Powell. Well, Dwight Powell doesn't. Dwight Powell is not really count. No. No, you can't. Max Kleba, when oh, he was. At all due respect, I know he's Canadian. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to disrespect Dwight, but you know, it is what it is. It's the same thing with Robert Sacre. He's the type of player in 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 the NBA that finds himself starting, and it's like somebody doesn't. You know, you turn your head and oh, he's starting again. How did he get to be starting again? It's like then he finds himself on the bench. How did he get to be starting again? It's like, oh my gosh, Dwight Powell. It's like they're always just regurgitating yeah, back like, to the it's starting It's like Dwight role. Powell's the new Zaza Pachulia. Exactly. So, but let me get it back <laughs> my, to Joe here in a second. But before I do, you talked about in the chat, you gave everybody a link to Gabe Vincent's defensive rating, which is right now about a little bit over 111, which normally on the surface compared to over the course of last year wasn't bad because he was higher. He's like in the 116, I think it was. 
But I looked it up, Gerald. Yeah, he's one fifteen point eight. Yeah, so compared to last year, it's better. But then compared to the rest of the team, because remember, we've had two games under a hundred. What three games under a hundred ten points? If I'm not mistaken, uh, so if that's the case, that's not that great. No, it's not. It's not. However, on the sur- on in the big scheme of things, he's it's not been terrible. But it's, it's not, not terrible. Great. It's not. But it's not great. No. Well, that's that's why I said like it's it's kind of a it's it's some in some ways it's that one is less misleading than the plus minus Gerald because the defensive rating does uh, does take into account your your ability to create opportunities either with steals or blocks. So. And Jeff uh, and Jeff is in the chat saying you can take or leave it as far as the plus minus. I get that some people mm-hmm. rely more upon that, it than than others. You have to take the plus minus with a grain of salt, right, Gerald? Because it's yeah. it's it's only within a, a one game, um, um, like fixed. But the uh, evaluation was that Kristen Wood when he's been in there has been, from what I'm seeing, the team has overall performed better when he's been out on the floor. Oh, 100%. I mean, if you if uh, if you go to the be- Lakers' best five-man lineup, he's in it. He's the one who's in it. And I think uh, it's going to show, again, that the best fa- five-man lineup that the Lakers could have right now is LeBron, Torian Prince, Christian Wood, Anthony Davis, and then De- uh, you add in a D'Angelo Russell. I think that would be the Lakers' best five at this point. Now, it's because he said talked about bulking up the rotation, Gerald. He made the side. We know him. He's, he says one thing. Darvin Hand says one thing about lineups and does another. He may he may flirt with the idea now of inserting Christian Wood in the starting lineup. I would, Gerald. Yeah. Based would on too. his based on his productivity, I think that may uh may lead to uh like better bench play as well because I, I ultimately Gerald I, something has to be remedied here. Either... I mean, there was a couple issues with Wood. He did do that air ball, like like was mentioned in the chat, and there was that play where he had a three footer that he could have taken instead to try to pass it to AD, who was like had three people all over him. A couple little things that kind of make you scratch your head. But then again, he's playing better than than virtually anyone else. So at this point Ab- in time, absolutely, absolutely. And by the way, Gerald, uh, combined six blocks tonight for AD and Christian Wood. So they protected the paint. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. 
Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 106 to 103. Sneak out a win at the Crypt. It's Gerald Glassford along with Alfred Esmond from the Orlando Magic Daily. Truly appreciate him joining us. A very late night for him and the Magic Man, Sean Grice and Joe Soro. Joe, let me bring it back to you with LeBron James. You and I, and it was actually, it was funny because it started out as probable. Then it became game time decision on LeBron. Let's see how he feels. He decided to go ahead and make a go of it. 33 minutes playing above the 29 minute cut line again. Uh, did not see the kind, you know, obviously 38 years old, did not see the kind of lift from him. But I will tell you, when he was on that court, the team was better. When he was off the court, the team lost ground to the Orlando Magic this evening, Joe. Yeah, the term valuable is different. Uh, when it comes to LeBron James, uh, I don't think we truly understand how valuable he is. He is extremely valuable in every way. Even when he doesn't play well, he's valuable. 33 minutes is, I would say, doable. I could handle 33, 32. But it's just unfortunate that it came off of 39 the night before in overtime. Uh I, I, I would have preferred the Lakers to go for the win in Sacramento instead of go for – I mean, again, I, you, you never know until you know, right? Uh, they made the right move. LeBron goes to the basket to tie the game. I get it. But uh, it's going to be a, a struggle. It's going to be a struggle, especially if Darvin Ham doesn't figure out a coherent offensive scheme, game in and game out. Uh, we're going to be playing LeBron ball with whatever that pick and roll he does with AD. I don't even know what the hell that is. I've I've done a lot of pick and roll basketball in my life. I don't know what that is. It's more like just AD comes in and sort of distracts LeBron's guy. And then it's like, then everybody's just kind of grab assing. I don't even know if there's such thing as any space there. And of course, the reason why that is no one's cutting, no one's driving, no one's slashing. So what exactly are you doing this pick and roll offense for oh and by the way i love it when they do it at the top of the key i mean that just makes me love basketball um if you're gonna do that can you pick a damn side please so you can create space get the ball to the open man on the corner or something i know we've been stinking at that uh the, the first three games but at some point this thing has to bust through right Absolutely. I, I don't know. I can't figure out how a, 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 this is the greatest league in the world. And I can't figure and this is one of the greatest teams of all time. I can't figure out how a coach doesn't know this. Is there something else here? Are, are the players going AWOL during this time and we don't know about it? Like, I don't understand how a professional team like this, a title contender with these kind of players, how you can't even run a basic pick and roll that looks somewhat organized. Can can somebody explain this to me? Is it was Orlando's defense that potent? I mean, it w- was it potent the night before uh, the night before in Sacramento? No. So what is the deal? I don't understand. That's, I that's say, the question I, I, will, I have tonight. I will say though at times that the Orlando defense, you got to give them credit, especially Suggs. Uh, Alfred, and I'll bring you back in here. You know, from a defensive standpoint, you've got reach with Jonathan Isaac. You've got reach with Wendell Carter. You've got Franz Wagner and Paulo with, with definitely great reach. 
Paulo, you know, has always been he's always been chided for his lack of defensive instinct. So that's something I think that still needs to improve. But Franz is like Sean said, and like I said earlier in the pregame, I think he's overall your best player right now in the Orlando Magic. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but he is your best player right now. And I don't think it's close. Uh, but Suggs, I'm telling you, Suggs from the backcourt. Go ahead, Joe. Go, yeah. go please come in. One thing I do want to say, let's give Darwin credit for taking Austin when he out when yes. he did and putting because we were talking, uh, we were all assuming that he was gonna take out Christian Wood. He didn't. Took out Austin, left Christian Wood in there. So looks like he learned his lesson from the night before. Again, this is the fourth game of the year. He has said that he's trying to tinker with what might work. I'm going to give you the bad, and I'm also going to give you the good. Uh, the good was he made a good call there, and it likely won us the game. So well, what does that tell you, Joe? When, and I'll bring it to you here in a second, Alfred. What does that tell you when Prince is having a terrible offensive game, yet he's the one relied upon to go down the stretch instead of Reeves? It's pretty bad because I think Reeves mentally is 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 really, really be it's, it's it's really bad right now his his mental game is absolutely in the gutter and he's letting him play enough to where to see if he can bust out of this issue it's worse than it was last year i remember he struggled at the beginning of the year last year but it looks worse it looks worse because he was exploited in the world cup and it seems like it's tailed into the to the to the nba season i i don't I don't know how he's going to get out of this, but I'm hoping he does because it would help for him to get him. We need him. We need him. It would make things much easier. But I don't know. I don't know where where we can go uh, if we – I don't know where we can go if he's not him. If he's not him, we're going to need to do some shuffling here. Rob's going to have to make some 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 decisions here. I don't know when. And, and it's funny because the, the first thing you're going to hear, as we always do on reading, is, oh, you're all ready to trade him, and it's only the fourth game of the year. It's just signs that we're seeing. It's just signs that may be heading towards something else, or we could see it develop into something better if Austin Reeves finds his game. But, Alfred, I'm going to bring you back in because I know, again, it's late for you and Magic, so I truly appreciate both of you staying on with us, especially Magic Man for for carrying us all through playback and and what and whatnot. So I will ask you this, my friend. When it comes to Orlando, again, obviously the, they put up a great test against the Lakers today, two and one heading into the Clippers tomorrow. What do you see them doing? Do you think they can provide some damage, and hopefully they will not roll over against the Clippers tomorrow? I think there's a chance of it. Um, I think one, it's going to be difficult. Again, you know, I've, I've said it before on here. Uh, this was the night to really go out there and kind of, you know put forth a lot of pressure and a lot of effort. It's the Lakers. It's a like contender with LeBron on the team. You're going to want to show out against that team. And they nearly got it done with the win. But I, I do think this, by the end of it, that team was battled. You know what I mean? Like battered and battled. And uh, I think, you know, heading into, the, heading into tomorrow, I, I hope to see a little bit better shooting on the interior. That'd be my number one thing. Uh Again, I'm still holding on to. I know it hasn't been a promising first three games. I'm still going to hold on to Paolo having a good game eventually. That might have to wait until Saturday when we're back in the Amway Center against the Lakers again just because we're on this West Coast road trip, and that could be a factor for him. But I do think eventually at some point it's going to have to start to pick up if this team wants to be successful. The offense runs through him too much. 
Uh, same thing with Franz. You know, Franz, again, had a good amount of points, but didn't shoot well. Didn't really shoot that efficient all night. So I would like to see him do better on the inside when it comes to his efficiency. And then even on the outside, he didn't really – he didn't take a three-point shot the entire first half. He waited until the second half to take some three-point shots. And I think, you know, it was nice to see guys like Gary Harris take and make threes. But you would also like to see a guy like Franz Wagner, our best player, take and make those threes as well because he's on the floor for way longer than Gary Harris, obviously. I think it's so, more about Bancaro taking it to the basket and being more efficient, uh, you know, like you saw that. Because, again, it pointed out uh, 40% from overall means you're not shooting well from inside the arc. So if Bancaro and Franz can take it to the basket, I think that, that suits them better because they're not bad free throw shooters. No, usually not. And tonight, I think the match went 72% from the line. So pretty off night. Not great. Want to see better. But I, usually Franz Wagner is pretty good at the line. Paulo, that's one thing he improved throughout last year. And he's been okay at this year is his free throw shooting. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think the inside shots need to come at a higher rate, at a more efficient rate for Franz, and definitely just more flat out from Paulo. So, that's the main thing I'm looking for tomorrow. But everything else, you know, again, against this team looked okay. I think if they bring – again, it's a grind being on a West Coast road trip on the Pacific Coast for the a team like the Magic. But I think if you sit down on defense like they did tonight and the, uh, two nights ago in Portland, you're, you're going to put yourself in position to really win some of these games. And I think if they continue that against the Clippers and Utah before they head back to Orlando, that that's going to be huge as well. Once again, it's the Lakers winning 106 to 103. Thanks for joining us so far on the Lakers Fast Break. If you like what you see and you're anywhere around the world, even Google, big shout out to Brazil. Big shout out to you in Brazil. Appreciate it. Zangerstein in the Philippines. Uh, you know, everybody else, uh, UK, I know Canada, everybody else out there truly appreciate being part of what we're doing here at the Lakers Fast Break. Magic Man, though, from Canada, still know that you're kind of PO'd when you see that number in the box score, the Lakers offensive rebounds three, the Orlando Magic offensive rebounds 12. This is something that both you and Joe over the course of the summer continually pointed out offensive rebounds. Offensive rebounds is still going to be a problem. Today, it was a problem again. Your thoughts, my friend, because this is not too pretty. We have the size. It just seems like the ball, and we can only say the ball is not bouncing our way so much. And it looks like that because so far that's what we've seen. But also, I think just the effort and the intangibles and the fundamentals are just not there right now for the Lakers. No, Gerald. And it was a big concern for uh, both me and Joe. Um, yeah, that that's an issue. It, it didn't rear its ugly head yesterday, but it sure did tonight. And... Uh, Eventually, it was going to happen. Other it sounds like uh, Magic Man just uh, popped off for a second, that wonderful Canadian internet, but uh, he's coming right back with us here. Go ahead, Sean. We got you back here. You know, Shout out to uh, Trudeau for uh, messing with your internet, but go ahead, my friend. Blame Canada. Yes, Blame absolutely. Canada. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we, we can laugh at my country. Uh <laughs> As long as you can. I live here. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, I mean, fun. The fundamentals are what uh, keeps the structure float, Gerald. Bad fundamentals means that the house sinks into the sea. Eventually, 
It's a Jimi Hendrix reference. I'm dealing yes. with a bunch of knobs here. <laughs> I'm but just I... kidding, Alfred. You you are a great guy. It's these two knobs I'm talking well, thank about. Thank you. Thank you. You're a hoser, but need I digress? But fair enough. Me, fair let enough. Me ask, I just wanted to add a little a little kind of note here, Gerald, is that even though they did get badly uh, like smeared on the offensive boards. Again, the defensive focus on the weak side rebounding was very good. That this is the third straight game where they made it. They made an emphasis on it. So Wood Wood did his job there. LeBron actually had a had a pretty good game as a weak side rebounder as well when he had to be. So I, I get it. The fundamentals are there right now, but there are positive signs elsewhere. They just need to clean up. We miss Vando, Gerald. That that's basically what it is. We really do miss him. And not not just grabbing the boards. He's a cog for us for boxing out. Him and AD are the only two Lakers who consistently fundamentally box out and we're missing that badly. Once again, though, it is the Lakers sneaking out a win one oh six to one oh three. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow for an awesome Halloween episode where we'll talk to the Lakers and set you up for Wednesday's game on playback.tv slash Lakers fast break against the Clippers. But Joe, before we head on out, I want to ask you where your patience lies with Austin Reeves. You talked about how you know, made the Lakers may starting as early as mid December may have to look into options and alternatives. And again, before we get all the hate back at Lakers fast break at yahoo.com, as far as from all the emails or anything of that nature that we're trying to trade these players away. What is your patience as far as Austin Reeves? Let's start with the starting lineup. What is your patience with Austin Reeves as far as staying in that starting lineup? If he continues to struggle, how many more games do you see this lasting? I'd say a month, mid-November, if it continues. He, he might sprinkle a couple games in there that, that 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 are good, but we were expecting him to be the third best player on the team, and he we might not even be the best sixth player on the team at this point. But Darvin Ham and the, the the crew need to do something to get him out of his funk. I believe this is all mental. His defense is weak. There's no doubt about that, but it's it shouldn't be this weak. I, I and I don't I don't know if there's a solution either. Even if they did want to make something happen, uh, you've got contracts like uh, Gabe Vincent. He's making what 11 million. You got Ray Reeves at 14, so that's 25 million dollars right there that you could play with down the road if something presents itself. But I, I don't know. I think we're looking a little too. I think we're looking ahead a little too much. Just let let this let things play out. I really I really want this win on Wednesday. This will really bother me if they lose this, especially if they get beat handedly. It's just that it's getting really tiring losing to the Clippers. That do nothing franchise that keeps beating you. This doesn't ever feel good. So I'm 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 hoping that they have enough energy here. I'm hoping AD can drop a 40 and 20 on Wednesday. And the boys that have admission shots from from deep consistently make them all through the game. And that's what we need. Just the Lakers are do a damn blowout here. I'd like to see a blowout. They haven't had one of those, like, the... <laughs> it's hard to think, isn't it? I, I swear, I, I'm trying to. I was trying to think of it. Uh, I, I haven't seen them blow out a good team in a while. 
the last time I mean, was I, I, the uh, Memphis you, series. You can say the Memphis. I know that. I know that's the it's the playoffs. I, I'm, I'm I don't think I'm counting the playoffs. I'm counting regular season. Regular season. Can we can we smoke these guys? Can we start smoking some good teams, please? Because that's so, what you're going to hear in the next couple of days is that that how the Clippers have owned the Lakers in the regular season. Yeah, and, and when does the pride kick in? When does the I'm tired of being called uh, a wuss in this particular little rivalry. Grow some, you know, Darvin Ham. This is the part where the coach comes in handy. You know, get your hand out of your goddamn pockets and freaking motivate these guys. Seriously, this is the this is your job too. You you you're gonna stand there like a freaking. Uh, almost said something I wasn't supposed to say. Yes. You're gonna stand there like a goddamn statue, like Dave Roberts, and do nothing while your team sucks. Stop! Stop! What's your what's your occupation here? Is your occupation just to collect a check and say I'm a head coach? Do something. It motivate. That does matter too. Put some fire in your team. So that's that's. I'm I'm just trying to prepare myself here to mentally be into this game and hopefully uh, hopefully we get this little whatever the hell's going on with this team out of our way. I will say, though, it's been great having you here, Alfred. Uh, truly appreciate everything that you've done for us as far as in the pregame. Obviously, our team preview for the Orlando Magic. And looking forward to having you come back anytime you want. I sit on the pregame. I'll say it now. You are welcome back anytime to cover anything you want, whether it's Orlando, East Coast, NBA, you want to talk Lakers. Anytime you want to go ahead and stop on back, you just got to hit me up. You know where you can find me. But before we head on out, you got to go ahead and give the cheap plug. Where can people find you? What articles you're working on? Because it's not just basketball you're working on. You're working on a ton more. Yeah, so uh, if there are any Magic fans at all watching the stream right now, you guys can check out my uh, my work at Orlando Magic Daily. I'll definitely have some something coming out uh, after the Clippers game tomorrow on kind of how this road trip has done thus far for the Magic and how the – First four games have gone for them. So check that stuff out at Orlando Magic Daily. Uh, I've begun writing as well for the Buffalo Bills in the NFL. So uh, I do usually do one article a week on them, a pregame something, something after the game, that sort of thing. And then, of course, Rays colored glasses, the Tampa Bay Rays. The baseball season is coming to an end, just the World Series going on right now. But I am giving out player grades for the Rays from this past season, how each of them did. Um, working through the batting lineup, going to be doing pitchers after that. So that's those are the things I'm working on right now. And I just want to thank you, Gerald, for having me on throughout today, before and after the game. Thank you guys for having me and uh, looking forward to possibly some future opportunities here. Absolutely. You're always welcome. Just hit us up. You're, you're definitely appreciated. Your insight was tremendous on both the Orlando Magic and the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I know Magic Man's had a long day. It looks like, he, you know, it's either Joe or Austin Reeves' defense gave him a headache. So we'll make sure we go ahead and end this pretty soon. But please join us tomorrow. Wh which one was it? I'm not sure. Hmm. have to watch playback to find the headaches, out. The headache's gone. Really? Uh, I know you were grabbing your head there for a second, so I'm not quite sure. Uh, okay. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I may be diabetic, but I've got still got Wolverine blood in me. Okay. Too. Well, you can still say it's Joe. That's okay. Austin Reeves' Austin Reeves defense is pretty bad too. So, okay. All right. But what I will happened, tell you what, what happened there. One, you, you swallowed a lot of air there. Hot air, Joseph. Uh oh, watch out. Your jokes tonight, just phenomenal. 
Absolutely. You should go to the I'm comedy lo- store. I'm looking at a joke right now. You should. You, you all should go to the comedy store and talk to Pauly Shore's mom and get you guys a, a little set set up there. I don't even want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. Who's Pauly Shore's mom? <laughs> yeah. But what is that? Talk about a bad with- joke. That was definitely a bad joke indeed. But once again, it's the Lakers. She owns the comedy store, you dunces. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Get a clue. Yeah. All right. Everybody's quiet. supposed to know that. Everybody's the Alfred, that's that's what happens when I talk, is they all yeah. quiet because they don't know what to say next. We're all in stunned <laughs> silence and how bad it is. But once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro, Alfred Esmond from Orlando Magic Daily and Magic Man Sean Grice. Thanks again for so much for watching and listening from around the world. Tien, uh, new actually a member here leaving questions. What's the starting five in defense if we're up by two points in the last 24 seconds or an offensive – Basically, uh, right now, you saw tonight, Tien, since Reeves was bad, you saw Prince, Wood, LeBron, AD, and D'Lo. Uh, that's what you're going to get right now down the clutch unless you see Austin Reeves pick it up. Because if you don't, then you're going to see Austin Reeves pulled more often and more often. We saw that when we had Westbrook on the team. They finally decided to take him off the floor and bench him when they needed to, you know, when they needed to the most. Uh, we're going to see that from Reeves unless he gets it all together. So that's where we're going with that. But Zachary, great to have you here. Eduardo, again, if you've not subscribed yet, please subscribe. You get the latest notifications of when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. We're coming out tomorrow night for a special Halloween episode. What will be, what's our costumes? What, you, have you got a costume in mind yet, Magic Man? You're going to go as Joe Soro? I can't, I can't pull off Joe. I can't pull him off. First of all, all right. first of all, I have curly hair. Okay. So that wouldn't work. Second okay. of all, yeah. Okay. There is no second of all. Okay. <laughs> Just gotta get you some Simblade shirts, and you're all set. I'm but still wait. I'm still waiting for one. You're getting. Uh, I'll be wait. I'll be be waiting longer than uh, than um, Warm Beatty waited to get to heaven. Uh, Adrian, what uh, actually search just put something in the in the chat in regards from Adrian Roshanowski. So they uh, James Harden is now a Los Angeles Clipper. Everyone, so wow, it's just been dropped uh, right now as we speak. Thank you, search. Big shout out to you for covering it. Adrian Roshanowski reports the Philadelphia 76ers have agreed on a trade to send guard James Harden to the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, it has not been said for what as of yet, but we're searching it right now. But big shout out to Search for letting us know that right here in the chat. The link is right there. It's based off of Twitter. Joe, initial reactions from you. I want to go to you first, my friend. So every single whining and dining and crying this piece of crap has done. What does the NBA do? They give him exactly what he wants. So as far as Daryl Morey, Adam Silver and the whole NBA is concerned. You guys are spineless, slug, freaking weak pieces of garbage. You still gave him what he wanted after all the whining. No one will ever learn a lesson. They'll just keep giving these idiots what they want, and they'll keep whining the way they do. Suck it, all of you. Seriously, this is absolutely pathetic. Uh, Alfred, any initial thoughts on this, my friend? I don't think he'll play tomorrow night, so... No, I, I don't think he will either, but um, yeah, good for Philadelphia. I mean, goodness gracious. I think this helps get a 
big old mole off of their skin, so to speak. And this helps clear that clear that locker room up a little bit uh, for that season, because, you know, that that's a team that's still in competition for a title and with and beats future up for grabs based on how this season goes. And it's like with that out of the way now, now, you know, really the locker room's clear, everything feels great. And this team can get it going as for the Clippers. Interesting move. I don't, you know, it's kind of one of those, I feel like you got to wait until they play with him out on the floor to see what happens. Again, I don't really know how much value he's going to provide with his age and with, you know, the the perimeter players they have right now with guys like Paul George and Kwai. You know, both time, need the ball. Yeah, who both really need the ball. And you got a guy like Harden who's also going to want the ball. So, I don't know. Uh, kind of a shot in the dark for them. It's interesting, but again, the way I look at it, I'm more to look at it as, wow, Philadelphia kind of kicks the elephant off of their back there with that one and kind of can start to pick up their season with a clearer locker room. Magic Man, uh, do you think this trade is for this year or is this trade for the new arena? Well, he's going to sign that uh, that big, big, big extension, Gerald. And uh, you'll be saying, they, they want to make sure they guarantee seats in that new arena. So I, I'd be more, I, I, you'd have to pay me to go watch him play at that new arena. What are yeah. you, you going to watch him do? Step back threes. So apparently, so he's still best. a name, apparently, or, or, he's get, still or get close enough to smell his butter and cheese beard. Like, seriously, what, what exactly has this guy done for the NBA that's made it better? Okay, so they're, they're. Their title chances just went from very, very slim, Gerald, to remote. Because now you have to play James Harden defensively, and you also have to move likely Kawhi Leonard to power forward, Gerald. And Kawhi Leonard is six seven. He's got two bad knees, um, really bad knees. I don't think you want him bumping and grinding uh, in the paint, which is what they're probably likely going to ask him to do because Paul George sure as hell isn't going to do it. The only time that guy gets down and dirty is when he's in the club, not on the basketball floor. I'm just saying these are names. I didn't say it's going to help them win a title. In fact, you know, the first thing you see on Twitter right below the trade, somebody put a picture up there, Alf. Hey, hey, look, they're, uh, they're fought. They had one of the best five fan rotations going right now. Westbrook, uh, Blake in here. Sorry. Westbrook, Kawhi, Paul George, Robert Covington, and you had Zubats at the five. Now they've completely blown that up because you're going to shift Robert Covington to the bench and Gerald. We talked about this beforehand, right? Their role players are not only old, they're depreciating skill sets. Norm Powell Norm Powell isn't that same guy anymore. I watched Norm Powell for years in Toronto. He's not the same player he was. Now there's Cummington, and I guess Terrence Mann is off the roster now, eh, Gerald? Uh, I, I don't know. Again, we've not heard the confirmation on the other players there, Sean or Alfred. Uh, let me bring in Alfred in here back here. <laughs> it's so funny because one of the first things I see is uh, by Rishi uh, in Twitter, who, who posted up a Photoshop picture of James Harden alongside uh, Kawhi, PG and Westbrook. And the, he puts the words, who's stopping them? I could think of five teams already off the top of my head that's stopping them, and one of them is the Lakers. Yeah, I think 
I mean, yeah, I think, you know, you look at it, you know, you know you're going to move, like you said, Magic Man, you're going to move quite to the four, right? That Because that's probably what might, what might happen, and he's going to face who? Anthony Davis? It's a bit of a size differential there, or he's going to have Christian Wood's hand in his grill, and it's going to be a tough shot. Not saying Kawhi can't make those. Kawhi has the reputation to make them. It just certainly makes lineups look a little more weird and difficult for that team. And again, it's one of those things where maybe something gets put together off of it, but I don't know if they have the role player kind of personnel to help combat it. And I don't really know how that lineup looks just thinking of it off the top of my head without seeing it. Exactly. I have to see how this fits or how this doesn't fit. Uh, Again, Westbrook has found a new lease on life since he's left the Lakers and, and more power to him and good for him. Uh, but still, they have deficiencies in their game that I'm not sure. And plus, also, can they stay healthy? We'll wait and see. But uh, we have not heard any confirmation yet, Joe, on who they gave up. Uh, maybe I don't know who buckled under, but it was getting to the point where, OK, was he going to be able to play a game? Was he going to be allowed to play a game on the Philadelphia 76ers? And I think Philadelphia may, to, you know, it looks I don't know offhand yet. I'm just thinking that just due to the circumstances right now, Joe, I think Philadelphia and Daryl Morey might have buckled on this occasion because I don't think the Clippers really, you know, they didn't they didn't have to go ahead and buckle on. They had really no need to go ahead and, and bet against themselves or bid against themselves. It was basically the drama playing itself out in Philly. This is the third time this scumbag has done this and you're still enabling him and you're enabling the entire league to do this. I have no respect for any of the parties in, involved in this. They're all trash to me. Starting with James Harden, he's a piece of he's a piece of crap. He's a he's an adolescent child, and I'd say it to his face. I'd say it to his beard. I'd say it to his stupid receding haircut. I'm I'm sick and tired of this guy, and I'm sick and tired of all these guys. It's it's a disgrace, and then you send him to the to the toilet of all franchises. How is it that these guys always get these? They always get the player, right? Is it, I mean, is there some kind of underlining thing going on where the Clippers can always get what they want in a trade? Are they trying to make these guys win? They don't feel sorry. The league doesn't have a hatred for the Clippers like they do for the Lakers. They don't have a hatred you, for you, the Remember, you've been a, on the show. Well, they just, didn't have let a hatred. Say, just let me say this. You've, you've been on the show before and talked about how this team won't trade with the Lakers. This owner won't trade with the Lakers. This coach won't trade with the Lakers. You've told me about that because it's the Lakers. When you win over course of years and decades, this is what happened. When the Clippers, who for years has been the worst franchise in sports, statistically, you just get teams that just don't care and they just feel they're going to get one over on the Clippers each and every time. Get what over? What, what what exactly? What what are they going to get over on them? Well, on a deal, whatnot. I mean, earlier, but this, when Elgin Baylor was there, people you're, were trying to put one over on him all the time. You have a whining child who's continuously done this, who's made a mockery of your league and made a mockery of the game. You reward him by putting him where he wants to go. This is the third time. When does this stop? We keep enabling. We keep wondering, well, we need to have... That's why every time you listen to these schmucks talk, oh, well, he's, they're great. And it could be in anything. It could be in movies. It could be in other sports. Oh, well, he's great behind the scenes. He's really got integrity. He's at this, he's at that. Because there's so many trash people out there. That's why there's, there's such an, a, 
a bragging of people when they're actually good. This guy's trash. He's dirty and he's trash. And he made, he's made a mockery of the NBA. And Adam Silver has allowed him to do it. And I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it. There's a difference between asking for a trade because you feel like, you know what? I've been in Portland. Let's use Damian Lillard as an example. I've been in Portland for X amount of years. I put everything I could in the state. Okay. Kevin Garnett, same situation in Minnesota. I've done everything I could. I can't. Can I, can I go somewhere to go win? Yes. That's admirable. I understand that part. Like you can't judge everything the same way, but this freaking guy has done this three times and you guys have given him what he wanted. Now you're teaching all these other children, which is a lot of what they are that, you know what, as long as I whine enough and cry and bitch and make, make a fit, guess what? I'm going to get what I want. This is a 30 year old man or however deep he is in his thirties. still acting like a child. What is that? What, 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 what are we doing here? Now I got to look at his face <laughs> three times, four times now for the rest of the year. At least he was in Philly. I could just see it a couple well, times. You, you, you'll see him only on the bench on Wednesday. He, he, he's not going to uh, play on Wednesday. Yeah, no, he's not going to play on Wednesday. He's going to go to the, he's going to go to the club tonight, have a really good time. And he <laughs> might Las Vegas be, is on the way. He might be, he might be still drunk. When he's sitting on the sidelines watching the Lakers and Clippers play, there's so, yeah. quite a few clubs. Like I said, he, he's in a great spot because you know LAX. Well, there's a few clubs around there. Right. Just yeah. Forty Las Vegas is a forty-five no. minute flight away. How yeah. uh, LA to San Diego? How many minutes is he, that he, on the flight? Hey, he was more than happy taking the the team plane from Houston to Vegas for for those uh, uh, recreational trips, Gerald. Yes, I'm, I'm sure. I, I don't think Steve Ballmer has a problem with loaning him that. Uh, uh, what does Steve Ballmer have for the Clippers? What is it, Joe? As far as what do you mean? A plane. What does he got? Oh, I don't know. I mean, he's got whatever. Is it a? Well, it's not a mock, but it's got to be pretty close. That's uh, above seven forty-seven, I would assume. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, he's going to be all right. Or a private, uh, or Cessna could be a Cessna. What does that have to do with James Harden? I don't know, but he's just, we're just flying the club. garbage. Like, seriously, we're talking about James Harden. You're talking about planes. Yeah. So he's talking about mm-hmm. uh, flying. Mm-hmm. But okay. We, basically, we have not hey, heard yet. Hey, on Tim, the- hey, Tim Manfredita gave him permission to do it. Why wouldn't Balmer? He you just said how, you just he's said, not driving just, to Vegas. He's not driving to Vegas. Yeah. And, and you just said it yourself. They play, they play, they placate to the man, baby. Well, I'll tell you what, though, we're not getting any feedback uh, yet. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski has just reported that there has been a trade that has been agreed upon with the Clippers. We have not heard the particulars, uh, and we're probably not going to be waiting here all night. Shams uh, dropped the ball on this one, uh, so it looks like it's all Wojnarowski's, but there's no word on who has been traded for yet. Uh, again, what salary is going to match up, what draft picks are involved, I will go ahead and I will post on Lakers Fast Break on Facebook. Also, I will post below in this video and I will post a memo so that you will find out exactly what the perimeters are on it. Plus, I'll retweet it at Lakers Fast Break. 
I don't want to keep Alfred and Magic Man here all night. With, you know, what is the deal? What is the deal? I'm so, hearing Shams's name is going to be turned to Shams because that's what his business is going yeah, to be. Yeah, he lost. He lost uh, out on this one. That's so, what happens when you're a sniveling old punk. He, he, I don't want to go there. He's yeah, a no, I'm going there because that's exactly well, what happened, and this is the result. Uh, he, he's. I've seen him in action. He's very courteous and friendly to a lot oh, of people. Oh, how sweet! That's nice. Yeah. What about um, behind the scenes? What it matters? Well, I don't see him behind. The I know scenes. a lot of I courtesy. Saw, I know a lot I of nice people. Live. Of he bumped into me right there in Henderson Arena. Okay, Sorry, so I've man. seen him work in the work of the crowd. <laughs> so, all right. Well, you know the meat lady at at at, at the, the supermarket. She's real nice to me when I want to order meat. Okay, well, I don't know what she's doing behind the scenes either. Exactly, that's my <laughs> Nor point. Nor do I wish to know. Nor do what I. Do think, what do you think she's gonna do? Throw the meat at me? Like what, Alfred, what is, this is that? what I do. I would. Night. I would. Hey, can uh, I get a sixty-eight ounce ribeye? I would a brisk a brisket right <laughs> right to the melon. Oh my god! A brisket right to the melon. Oh, I bumped into him, and he was nice. He said, "Excuse me." Oh, okay. That's, we'll that's be back. Everything. Tomorrow night for a Halloween episode, we'll update you even more on. How the... are you around a meat slicer, Soro? I don't, I don't slice meat. Okay, that went dark pretty quick. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. We'll be back tomorrow for our annual Halloween episode. We will back be back talking all the NBA news, including James Harden. We'll talk about <laughs> what's going on with the Lakers and previewing Wednesday night's game against the Clippers. <laughs> Uh, Alfred, again, I just truly appreciate the time you've taken to talk to us. I don't know if you ever want to be back on the show again, so we'll see. Uh, but Alfred, great to have you here. Uh, Orlando Magic Daily, uh, part of the fan side experience and all the great work that you do for all the other sports. Truly appreciate it. Again, you're always welcome back. Love to have you back on whenever you can, my friend. Yes, thank you guys so much. Enjoyed tonight's game. Enjoyed talking with y'all and Again, can't wait to be back here in the future, possibly. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. It's past midnight, but we're still here talking NBA as we go ahead and talk just real quickly about the James Harden trade because the specifics from both Adrian Wojnarowski and then soon after Sham Sharania have come out in regards to the James Harden trade as James Harden is now going to the Los Angeles Clippers officially, despite the fact, again, the Clippers were only bidding against themselves and really didn't have to give up all that much because of the ongoing drama for the 
James Harden saga in Philadelphia. I want to go ahead and mention that James Harden, also as well, of course, P.J. Tucker, and I think Philippe Petrusev also are going to the Los Angeles Clippers right now. It's what I have listed from Agent Rojanowski. Uh, in return, there is going to be the following uh, as far as the individual players. So it is the Sixers are acquiring Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, Robert Covington, K.J. Martin, and the multiple draft picks and a pick swap for James Harden, P.J. Tucker, and Philip Petrusev. The draft picks involved are the Clippers are sending the Sixers a 2028 unprotected first-round draft pick, two second-round draft picks, and a pick swap, according to ESPN. The Clippers are also routing the 76ers an additional future first-round draft pick from a third team. And here today to discuss this absolutely stupid trade on the part of the Clippers, in my opinion. Good man indeed. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. Sean, great to have you here. Uh, I, I don't get the, what the Clippers are doing. Uh, again, okay, yeah, you got Harden, but you don't have to give that bevy of picks for him. Just throw some contracts, the expiring contracts, and there you go. You didn't have to give up Terrence Mann, your beloved, precious Terrence Mann, okay, you got the chance to go ahead and keep him. Okay, that's great. But so many draft picks, including an unprotected first, another first coming from a third team, a swap, and some seconds. This is just way too much for James Harden right now. Absolutely, absolutely, Gerald. I, I thought the same thing when I when I read the, the completed trade. Um it's it's bizarre world between those these two franchises now way too much for for him especially what's going on i mean nobody else is bidding for him at this point in time absolutely no. nuts what the clippers did absolutely i mean uh, a 2028 unprotected first round pick is going to be uh very high gerald very high yeah like you said this is a move that that not only that only stinks of desperation. It almost smells like a dead carcass that's trying to reanimate itself. Uh, they've had they've had so much death um, issues, uh, combined with uh, a myriad of injury problems that just uh, just keep creeping into this franchise. They just can't seem to escape it, Gerald. So they're just tripling down here and. As you said, it's a stupid move. In, in the end, this is a a very, very short-sighted, um, ill-timed, and desperate move. Uh, to answer Eli's question, I mean, the simple fact is, is that this is now going to be a backcourt of Russell Westbrook and James Harden. That's, that's what the Clippers are betting on. And historically... Let's look at how that has turned out. Um, James Harden was a successful sixth man on the Thunder Gerald, but in the finals he shriveled. He wasn't the player he was. It was he was a skeleton of uh, what he was, and that didn't work out with Russell Westbrook ultimately. Then they reunited in Houston, and we saw how historically that worked out, Gerald. Now it's the third time that Russell Westbrook and James Harden are together in a backcourt. And 
a little bit of history repeating. I'm not going to go into that song because I'm, I'm not, I don't really like that song, Gerald, but it just popped in my head thinking about those two. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's going to work out at all. I, I agree with you. I think this is, this is planning, planning a picnic when you know the rain clouds are coming over the picnic tables. Uh, it's confounding. And now you're moving Robert Covington, who, by the way, Gerald very early returns, very early returns, but he was playing well. After having two miserable seasons. He was playing well for them at the power forward spot and seemed to be rejuvenated. And now he goes back to where it all started for him. Not with not now, obviously with Sam Hinkie brought him in, but now Daryl Morey gets him back. Uh, that's kind of ironic and a little nerdy. Uh, Don, but hold on, Dante. Um, I hate the Clippers with a passion. They're Joe's second favorite team, by the way. Let's clear that up. They are Joe's second favorite team, not mine. Joe does not speak for me. Uh, Joe is not my dad. Joe is nobody to me when he says stuff like that. I hate the Clippers with the passion. I'm going to say it until the day I day day I die. I hate the Clippers with a passion. These are the Clippers are Joe's. He has clearly said this. Joe has clearly said this on the air, or at least I think he has. Well, maybe he hasn't. I don't know. But let's just go ahead and put this on Joe, anyways, as his second favorite team right there for you. So they are Joe's second favorite team. So Dante, in the future, please. So I don't have to delete any comments from you, my friend, because you're a great part of what we do here at Lakers Fast Break. They are Joe's second favorite team. So not mine. So there you go. All right. There you go. Go ahead, my friend. Yes. Yeah, no, I was just going to say shout out. Love you, Dante. Thank you for yes. uh, being a member of the, the LP fam. And um, thank you, you know, Dante. I, Appreciate it. I uh, love you. Bro. I'm going to I'm going to let Gerald speak for himself. I've never yeah. I've never once yeah. spoken for Gerald. Joe does or... not run the world. According, you know, unlike Joe says, you know, I know I understand is, you know, he's the narcissist. Lex Luger revisited. But yes, he, the Joe does not. The world does not revolve around Joe. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. Now is he now do you consider him more Lex Luger comic book or more Lex Luger wrestler? Uh Lex Luger uh wrestler. The, you know, okay. Yes. Yeah. Terrible work rate, all muscles, no brains. There you go. Ooh. Although you know what? I actually don't want to go ahead and say too much about Lex Luger now because he can barely get out of a wheelchair at this point in time. So let's not I, even I, go there. I, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, between football and wrestling, his back is done. You're, and you're right, John. He does say weird stuff when he doesn't take his blood pressure meds. But getting back to the uh, trade when it comes to uh, the the specifics. So, yeah. so Gerald, uh, Daryl Morey was explicit in, in what his goal was in trading James, Har- James Harden, right? And we're going to put him up to it because he said it. All-star level player. All-star level player. Did he acquire an all-star level player in this trade, Gerald? Not anymore. Uh, James Harden can give you that maybe once a week, twice a month, three times in in a couple months. But he is no longer the player they once was. And now uh, Kawhi, you're asking Kawhi to still be that all-world defender he once was after two shaky knees. And you're asking PG to be the all-world defender he once was with two shaky knees. 
and you're asking these guys in the mid-30s that are actually the Clippers have started off well, we'll go ahead and let them know that PG has started off, you know, really, really hot from about from the outside. So I got to give them their, 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 you know, their, their love on that. You know, I got to tell them exactly where that is. So for Joe's second favorite team, but when it comes to, and Rocco, like you said, uh, and that's also been said in the chat has played starting off this. Well, I guess maybe is he's got an expiring contract. I imagine because his contract these past couple of years has not favored him too kindly because he's played absolutely miserable the past couple seasons before, but he got some nice returns and imagine that in the expiring year. What are the odds of that happening? Yeah, it's seem, seemingly fortuitous, Gerald. And again, yes. uh, I, my original question was, did you think, remember, Maury said that his goal was to acquire an all-star level player for James Harden. Yes, that was and, that was Daryl Morey's. And, yes, an all star, an all star, but yeah, he failed he in that failed. sense. But he failed. He may be the end up, or whoever his successor will be, because if Embiid doesn't like it, because Embiid is obviously the that's well, the main issue there. Because while these draft picks are great for the future for Philly, that doesn't help the now for Joel Embiid. And by the know, way, Danny Green was waived as far as part of this deal is concerned on Philadelphia's end. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely need to, needed to make that footnote. Uh, I will, uh, Gerald. This is, you know, the twenty-eight pick is a juicy pick, but that's five years down the road. Yeah, I don't see, and I don't know who what the third I, team is that, that they're going to facilitate a trade to get another draft pick, a first-round draft pick for Philadelphia on that. I don't know where that's coming from as of yet. Neither do I, because there's nothing in this trade that would substantiate a move to acquire a first-round pick for any of those gentlemen. I just think it's a reach, and I, I just think it just does not help you enough. I mean, I know that I heard in you know in the hours before leading up to this trade that James Harden maybe we should start looking at him because of our uh, serious lack of consistent guard play. But where does he help you on the defensive end when you need it the most in the playoff the, setting? The ultimate winner of this trade is Tyrese Maxey, Gerald. Of course. He wins out. He's the winner in this trade. And it's maybe not... that will placate and, and, and satisfy enough Joel and B, because that's the ultimate thing here in this in this trade is, is is hoping that you have enough that you brought back or hoping that you have a good enough team. As we've seen, they've been playing very well without James Harden. I think that was also a key to this trade is that they've been playing very well without James Harden at all in this mix. They almost won in Milwaukee and they've actually proven themselves over the course of the past few days to be very formidable, formidable, even for a team that we thought was kind of undermanned, but it looked like they're still playing well. Uh, Tyrese, Tyrese Maxey could be on the verge of a really being a great player, an all-star level player. That may be enough to placate Joel Embiid, but is that enough to go ahead and advance them far? Because if it isn't, Joel Embiid will start getting that itchy, itchy finger, itchy eyes. The eyes will start wandering, and they'll go ahead and they'll start moving in different directions. Absolutely, Gerald, because Joel Embiid signed his extension, and he's got still a, a fair bit of term on his deal. So he can determine uh, not only uh, his worth, but uh, where his uh, loyalties lie as well. Now, there's there hasn't really been anything he said differently than what Giannis said uh, about his desires to win. 
the difference is that the Bucks went out and acquired not only an all-star, an all-NBA, uh, all-75-year legendary player to put beside their superstar, Gerald. And Daryl Morey, I think, went into this trade with the wrong hypothesis. Yeah, He, he hypothesized that James Harden is worthy to every other team that he is to Philadelphia 76ers. And that's as Gerald and myself and for God's sakes, anybody else with uh, with 80% of their working brain knows that he was at the tipping point of being an all-star. And as Gerald has said, that's gone. It's, it's, it's gone. There's he, there's nothing left. So, Gerald is right. It's a stupid move because there's no juice left there that's worth this squeeze. No matter how much they want to uh, uh, try and, uh, um, I guess, doll it up uh, with the media. Because, Gerald, there's there's definitely going to be a lot of manufactured fawning, I feel, uh, with uh, some of the NBA media. Uh, and just uh, talking about how, oh, it was a stupendous move made by the Clippers and so advantageous. And James Harden is going to definitely uh, develop chemistry with uh, the other three individuals. But now you have a case where you have basically three Hall of Famers working together with Paul George. And you need them to all coexist and not only coexist. And collaborate you need each of them to sacrifice what neither of any four of them have had have been able to sacrifice throughout their entire career and gerald was right in the end he used the perfect word stupid it was a stupid trade yes it was a very stupid trade indeed but we want to hear your thoughts out there always on Lakers Fast Break, wherever you get your social media, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm adding this on to the tail end of our post-game show for those that are listening on audio. Don't forget later today, Halloween. Happy Halloween, everyone. Hopefully everyone will have a happy and safe Halloween. We'll be back later tonight. We will discuss more in detail the thoughts from everybody out there on the James Harden trade. It'll be interesting to see what the reaction worldwide for is. Again, you know, I, I don't. I think it's a lose-lose situation. Magic Man, Philadelphia didn't get the star that they needed in return that could really help propel them to get into the same atmosphere as Philadelphia. Excuse me, as far as as to the heights of Milwaukee and Boston. But I also don't think the Clippers won the trade because a they get Harden, but b they gave up a lot for them that they'll pay later on for. That's quite for sure. A lot of expiring contracts. A lot of more draft picks than I had anticipated, especially one, possibly two first rounders that they could be lining up to give, in this case, Philadelphia. And I think that's one or two too many first round draft picks for him. Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely, Gerald. It, it, it was way too much. And um, I, I think not only that, Gerald, you're, if you're the Clippers, if, if you want to, if you want to look, kind of into the weeds here. Nicholas Batum served a very uh, fine-tuned and apropos purpose for Ty Lue. He could always count on him as a pivot offensively. 
where is when they got in the sludge and the mud, Batum was has the IQ to get, try and get them out of it. Uh, they don't have that anymore. That they have two button, not buttoned down, sh- um, shirts out, untucked, very, very, very um, um, unorthodox uh, fundamentals here, and there's just going to be a lot of fluff eventually down the road. Now, I, I think they'll they'll. They can do pretty well in the regular season. Ty Lue is a very good coach. But I just eventually see this being, like you said, Gerald, a situation that unfolds by a franchise making a dumb, stupid move. It's not bold at all. Uh, Gerald is 100% correct. I don't think so, Nazgul. Uh, As much as the Lord of the Rings might be uh, following around, the Lord of the Rings are the Los Angeles Lakers because uh, the Lakers are clearly a better team than the Clippers. Uh, The odds are still in the Lakers' favor. Just ask us here in Vegas. As uh, Magic Man said, the numbers are still remote and the odds are still remote that the Clippers are anywhere near uh, a Western Conference title. Uh, I think that when you have so many players that all need the ball, high usage players. Uh, I don't think that they'll be able to play well together. Plus again, Russ, Russell Westbrook, the first time Russell Westbrook uh, doesn't, this didn't work before in Houston when they were together. Why does anyone think that this is going to work again between Westbrook and Harden as a backcourt? Yeah. Especially considering the fact that we're four years down the road as well, Gerald. Yes. Um, you know, look, they, they played marvelously together in one game yeah. Uh, <laughs> against one the game. Lakers. Against yes. the Lakers. Yeah, let's the... just count the let's just not count the other four that the Lakers waxed them when they realized that Russ can't shoot and decided to go ahead. And you know, that was the game plan. Let him shoot from the outside. And the Lakers won easily in four games to one. So what happened yep. there in school? Do you, do you remember that one? Yeah, do you remember that? Do you remember that? Oh, but you're gonna say it's a bubble championship. That's all yeah, these are coming yeah. back. Yeah, four, say, four, but, yeah, four year four years, four years down the road, and there's no such thing as fairy dust. So me and Gerald yeah. are in agreement once again. Um savants think alike. It's just a very, very smelly, desperate move. And look, if if you're so it concerned, doesn't make your team that much better. And no. again, all the all the draft picks that you're giving up and all the expired cash that you could have used for this summer, or this upcoming summer, when there's a lot of teams that are handcuffed because of the salary cap that they put themselves in, like the Suns, uh, like the Warriors, uh, several other teams, Milwaukee, Boston, all these teams cannot do anything really that much next summer. Whereas a team that's going to have a ton of cap space, like Philadelphia, is going to be able to go ahead and dictate either through trade or free agency and build up from there. So Joel Embiid, he may not be happiest now about what's going on with the trade, or maybe just happy that jo- that uh, James Harden is gone. But this time, if you know Daryl gets another crack at it, or a competent GM gets a crack at it with all that cap space coming up in the near future, my friend, either, or even at the February trade deadline, things could look a lot better for them as well. Absolutely, Gerald. Absolutely. And by the way, this was um, uh, the big. I think the Excuse big me, difference. Oswald, who's won more titles? How many? How many world championships have the Clippers won? Uh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Still waiting. 
A donut. That's right. Donut. Uh, Lakers have won 17. That's right. Yes. Who's won more, more recently a world championship? The Lakers or Clippers? Uh, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for the answer. You can have all the regular season games that you want. Who's got the Larry O'Brien trophies sitting there at the UCLA Health Center? Oh, wait. That's the Lakers. I'm so sorry. I apologize. Didn't mean to hurt you. Hit you right where it, where it hurts the most. But again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is Magic Man, Sean Grice, and me, Gerald Glasser. Thanks again, even to you, Nazgul, for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. Eric Kwan says, I mean, it looks better for Philly that they have money to spend with Tobias Harris' expiring contract than the other guys off the books. Yes, Eric, that's again. Philadelphia, you know, he didn't get a all-star, but he got several draft picks, and he's got a lot of money that's going to come off the books or that he could use and facilitate in a trade in February, as early as February, if he wants to, the trade deadline. So, Again, while it didn't look as good on paper, and I said maybe even a lose-lose, the more I'm talking about it, my friend, the more it may not be so bad for Philadelphia as all it works out. Again, it's what you do with all that cash that you're going to have and those draft picks that makes it count. Absolutely. Uh, Nazgul says, stop living in the past. Stop living in the past. Well, you know what? The, you can't live in the past, Nazgul, and you can't because you have no fond memories to think of when you're as a Clippers fan. Let's just put it that way. And and the past, like, what do you define as the past? The, the past. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's the past? The 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 fifties when we won all of them, the seventies when we won. Twenty twenty when we beat when we won. Yeah. Which what what are you talking about? Who controls the past now? Controls the future. George mm-hmm. Orwell. George Who was in Orwell the Western Conference has- Finals last year. I don't see the Clippers. Yeah. I see. Yeah. I see. Once again, your guys getting injured when you need them the most, and then there you go. But yeah, yeah. we'll see. You've got you've got a team now that's really. I know the Lakers a couple of years ago. We everybody was laughing, including us, about how geriatric that team was. This team, I I don't know if it's older, but it sure seems like it. This team is like an All Star team from 2012. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Very good point, Joe. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And they're asking, they're asking a player who's not over the hill, uh, but not what he once was either, to parachute onto a plane that the wheels are already up on, and you need to land in the exact correct spot. That's how slim their chances are. That's how slim they are. So slim that they're remote. And twenty twelve, wow. Uh, again, Gerald. I should be nice, Magic Man. Maybe uh, 2014 All Star. Sure, sure. Okay, 14's better. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you weren't far off. 2012 would be right in the wheelhouse as well. I mean, that Uh, was a championship level team nine years ago. Now it's just a team. Yes, absolutely. And it should it should be stated, uh, Gerald, that when Nurse was on the opposite end of this, um, you know, he took. Uh, all those lemons have made lemonade. So if any coach I think could could take lemons and make lemonade out of the situation, it's him. He's unorthodox. Um, he's a little off the wall. Uh, however, a lot of guys like playing for Nick Nurse, and it was uh, Gerald that had to be incumbent for Daryl Moore to make this move sooner rather than later for two reasons. One, he just hired Nurse. Nurse is coming into this locker room and he's trying to get a feel and a vibe for 
what's going on, and he doesn't need Harden coming up the works, Gerald. And I know a lot of people had issues with the fact that, well, that clause existed in the in the contract where it said that if he if he didn't report that he could be with his services could be withheld by the 76ers in perpetuity. But the fact is, while well, he showed up a day late, he still showed up, and that clause then became non-plus because it didn't matter anymore. And he was left off the team plane and off away from the team activities for a very important reason, Gerald. His presence would not have lended itself to anything positive. I understand what Mr. Soro has said about him not liking what the Philadelphia 76ers did to him. But the fact remains is that there was nothing positive that would have happened had James Harden been around the team. We'll see. We'll see and, what happens, and, my friend. Absolutely. And and the second and the second reason is very is also very simple, Gerald, that Unlike the situation with Ben Simmons, Maury didn't have any leverage. Ben, ben Simmons was at that point coming off two pretty good seasons. However, we know the story behind him. Became a shell of himself. But ultimately, in that situation, what the 76ers were able to do is leverage a situation in their favor. And this time around, Harden had the leverage, not the Sixers. Yeah. And I think that's where that's where Maury kind of had to blink at the poker table because James Harden wasn't ready to bluff. He was serious. Again, uh, James Harden, excuse me, uh, when it comes to what the Philadelphia 76ers, Daryl Maury may never ever see the fruits of the labor for this trade. But it, it, again, it all depends on what happens down the road for that, those draft picks. Uh, and then again, what he does with all the extra cash that now he got for all those expirings, because they, they, his team did not get any better today by the trade that they made. And with the Clippers, maybe marginally better at best, but still defensive perimeter, they're older, they're slower. Uh, they're, you know, James Harden has proven he's not available to in the clutch when you need him the most in the playoffs. He's failed time in and time out. And still, you have a health issue between them. I mean, people talk about LeBron and AD. Clippers fans could never talk about LeBron and AD in streak lows when it compares to what we've seen with Kawhi, often injured, and PG. So, yeah, I mean, again, we both can't talk as far as health is concerned because we both have issues there. So, uh, just say this, right? Clippers got marginally better at best, and that's still not enough to beat the Lakers, the Nuggets, or any of the top teams in the Western Conference right now? Not at all. Not at all, Gerald. And Oscar, um, let me put it. You said his his comment, you all really think old man LeBron and soft AD will win another chip in LA? Well, let me put it like this. Do you think that uh, broken Kawhi and old PG win another chip, win a chip in LA? It's, just, it's that simple. Because they haven't won one yet. This promise no. is guaranteed that the Clippers were going to get when they originally traded for those two. Uh, that's never come to fruition. And in the loaded up Western conference, they still look like, you know, a team that's not going to be able to get quite there. So at least not what yeah. they have right now. Yeah, not at all, Gerald. And uh, let's, let's take a look at the uh, likely the five uh, upcoming games. Non-clutch that... Harden. 
that the Clippers would be playing. He likely makes his debut Monday, November 6th, when the Clippers are in Madison Square Garden. Provided he gets out of the clubs. Correct. Wednesday night, the Nets. Friday, the Mavericks. Sunday, the Grizzlies. Tuesday, the Nuggets. That's a tough five-game stretch to introduce uh, a guy who's been at the clubs all summer. And despite what what has been said, uh, is not... I'm asking you the question, Oscar. You asked me the question. I give the question right back to you. If that's what you think about the the Lakers, that's what I think about the Clippers. Okay. I mean, he's not. He's not. He wasn't in any. And the Lakers have one chip to prove it with that with LeBron and AD. Hey, look, your guys don't. Yeah, zero, 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 zero. Zero. I mean, you might as well put a zero next to PG and Kawhi because that's what it amounts to. Zero. You're going to say Kawhi won a chip with another team. He didn't win with the Clippers. Yeah, man. LeBron and AD won it together on the Lakers. Indeed, I say more. You're just throwing a tennis ball at a brick wall, man. Eventually, it's just going to hit you in the face. Yeah, Clippers zero. Lakers 17. It's right there. Sorry. And this isn't going to help you very much. Harden Harden coming to the Clippers is definitely not going to be something. You now have probably the oldest. Well, no, actually, you might not because you trade away a lot of age. But you did get, you know, P.J. Walker who's ancient and you got James Harden who acts like he's ancient. So there you go. Thank God there's no expansion team yet in Vegas or he'd really be in trouble, but we'll wait and see. But once again, James Harden is now a Clipper. We want to thank even Nazgul for joining us. All the Clippers fans that join us because they don't have a show of their own, which tells you when you win, don't win championships, I guess you don't have shows of your own. But really appreciate everybody new that was also in the chat. If you get a chance, please like and subscribe to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Sacred Fast Break. Uh, Happy and safe Halloween to everyone. We'll see Jonathan, who's a Clippers fan, Nazgul, uh, Xiao, uh, J.E., Eli, who just went to sleep. He's a Phoenix fan. So wishing everyone a safe and happy Halloween. All uh, sports kidding aside, Really, truly wish you both, uh, everyone out there, a happy and safe Halloween. Uh, we'll be back later tonight uh, talking more about the James Harden trade, what's going on in the NBA, and a preview of the Lakers and, and undermanned Clippers because we don't expect uh, James Harden to be ready for that game. But you know, we never know. He might feel up to it, depending on when he gets out of the clubs indeed. So for Magic Man, Sean Grice, it's me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this thing. We'll see you later today. Happy Halloween. Let's hope you get all the treats. In case of the Clippers, they probably got a trick. Unfortunately, they did get tricked with the James Harden trade right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.